0: Our very own Wild Panther, Mark Geyer, released a biography back in 1994. Obviously, he must have had some help writing it. The guy can barely read. Now, 28 years later, a lot has happened since. And now, it's a podcast. Welcome to Rugby League Rebel, Part 2, The Mark Geyer Story. Don't worry, MG, there's no writing involved this time.
1: In 1994, the book Rugby League Rebel, the Mark Guy's story, was first published. It told the story of the man we all know as MG from his early days and humble beginnings of being bullied by a local kid everyone called crazy on the streets of Wayland to the highest heights of Rugby League where he'd helped Penrith win their first ever premiership and go on to represent his state and his country. So much jam-packed into his first 27 years and then the book ends. But MG wasn't finished. He's lived another 27 years since the book has been published. MG, let's continue the Rugby
0: League Rebellion. How are you? <laughs> yeah, hello, Liam. Good to talk to you, my man, as always. Mm. And Yeah, look, uh, just a little background on the book. It, um, I was playing uh, at Balmain in 1993. After 1992 was the worst year of my life, as far as anything goes. I've lost a, a close friend. And, um, and the book was kind of dedicated to Ben Alexander. Um, I thought he would have loved the way that I covered stuff, and um, I just thought about him the whole way because it was a it was a bad couple of years. Um, I went from playing from my state, my country, to winning a comp, to basically, um, the middle of uh, 1992, suffering the worst um, shock I think you can put it um, mm. that I've ever had, and it was I didn't know how to get out of it. It was a the rugby league was the worst and last thing on my mind, and. Penrith subsequently uh, ripped up my contract because they wanted me to come back and play footy, um, and I said I didn't want to. And, um, and then I kind of went to Balmain under Alan Jones. He was the only only bloke who wanted to really have a go at me, who you know would let me play there. I was damaged goods in, in front of most people's eyes, and I come back to some really, pretty good form. And then halfway through that year, I got a, a call from Gordon Allen, um, who said that he was going to be the new general manager of Western Reds and Peter Mulholland was going to be our coach, and they had identified myself and Brad Mackay as two players who they wanted as the marquee players to start their club off, and I spoke to them, and within 10 minutes of talking to them, I knew that I wanted to go to Perth. So signed a three-year deal. Um, 1994 started, and uh, I thought I was going to play another year at Balmain under Wayne Pearce, um, but it was quickly um, realised that me and him weren't going to be a good match as far as player <laughs> coach goes and i i said i'm gonna i'm not going to play mate I'm, I'm i'm not my headspace isn't right i'm not in the right mood and he understood and i so i sat out 1994 for the first maybe month or two um knowing that i was going to perth in 95 and my mum's cousin was the secretary of your minor bunnies up in the central coast in the Country Rugby League, and He'd been asking me for a while to come up, and I said, nah, I mean, I can't do that. I, you know, I'm, I'm better, like I think I might have said to him, I'm better than that. Like, I can't be playing bush footy. I just play for my country and state. And, and then a couple of months passed, and uh, they were about three or four rounds into their competition, and I give him a buzz. I said, is that offer still on the table? And we, what we, What go- made
1: you change your mind about it?
0: I just wanted to play footy. I, I, I just wanted to play footy, but I didn't want to go through I didn't want to be intense. I, oh, footy's my life. Footy's footy's what I why I play. Um, why I lived. And then it was gone from me for two years, kinda of, I had a year at Balmain, which I don't really remember that much. And then I went to um when i time with Perth, I realised that I was gonna go there, but then I went up to your and and I enjoyed being out of sight out of mine and I still enjoyed playing a pretty good level of footy. You know, obviously I was a target up there and all that type of stuff, but Got to play against a couple of journo's who were writing some crap about me at the time, which was nice. Um,
1: I don't you know, reckon you'd it, see journo's play park footy these days. I don't think I don't, it yeah, was a wouldn't. different era, wasn't
0: it? <laughs> no, well, I was sitting at you know, it was it was kind of like Christmas for me because there it was gift, gifted to me on a plate, and um, and I took every, you know every opportunity to be my best football player up there, but I was I wasn't. I was you know I was partying. I was on the piss and. Um, and we found out, Meigs and my wife found out we were pregnant halfway through that year. Um, and I thought, they didn't think much more about it, so we just, you know, Meegs M- was getting bigger and I was, we won the comp at your minor. And then the decision was made to go to Perth and I kind of didn't, I, I really didn't want it to be honest. I, I was quite happy being out of sight, out of mind at your minor and playing park footy. We won the comp, as I said. and. Jesus, a like
1: lot it. going on in your life. Uh, there is a you you're a 27-year-old. I was 26 bloke. at the time. I, you're 26.
0: Yeah, I was 26.
1: So you're about you're turning 27 at the end of 94. You're 26 years of age. Yeah. You've had a whirlwind of a career that's had everything. You you've mm. tick, you have uh, ticked off every box in a rugby league player's dream career. You've won a comp, you've played state of origin, you've represented your country. Uh, and and all of a sudden You've gone from that to playing um, park footy. Essentially, mm. you realise you're about to become a dad. Let me just read to you your mindset from the original book about okay. and because you say you don't want to go to Perth at this time. You're thinking I've won a comp. I'm loving yep. life. I'm playing footy. I'm out of the spotlight. Let me just read to you um, the last paragraph in your in the chapter titled Westwood Ho. Obviously, mm-hmm. you've signed the deal with the Reds. It says. I have not a single doubt that the Reds will be a success, and a brief meeting with one of Western Australia's favourite sons rammed that home a few hours after I spoke at that luncheon. A balding but athletic-looking bloke walked up to me at the hotel and shook my hand, saying, Good luck, Gaia. If you'll pardon the pun, but I was bowled right over. The speaker was none other than the immortal Test Fast bowler, D.K. Lilly. I remember commenting to one of the Reds' delegation that if the great Lilly happened to know about this humble footballer, then it meant something was being done very right in W.A., I'll be easy to spot in the reds colors from the outer and press box next year. I'll be the big bloke taking the hits and leading by example. I look forward to it.
0: Yeah, and the irony of that was that once I'd gotten over my own tongue and, and my own, in, you know, insufficiency, the inefficiencies that kind of got me, you know, my wife was heavily pregnant and I wasn't getting much money. I was getting $1,000 a week from your minor. Um, didn't ask where it came from. <laughs> it was a lot of money back in 1994, <laughs> um, but the, the crowds, the there was you know the crowds were up like a normal game would have got maybe 500 people. There was like five or six thousand people coming to watch home games. Amazing. Um, we got 10,000 people at Graham Park, which is now the Central Coast Stadium for the grand final against Wyong. Which ironically, Steve Carter, my ex teammate at Penrith, was the which was the co-commentator in the grand final. So yeah, I went to Perth. Um, I went over to Perth for a luncheon after the Reds game and done the photo stuff. And I was at this luncheon and, um, I after the, after the grand final, I went over, it was about, so the grand final September, maybe it was mm. mid October. I went over to the Reds and I wasn't looking that good. I was still pretty skinny from my partying. And I went to a, a, a luncheon with, which was, you know, all the Reds delegates and and DK Lilly was there. Kim Hughes was there. Terry Alderman was there. All the, all the Perth cricketing greats. Um, and there's a guy there as well, which I didn't mention in the book, um, called Malthouse. Mick Malthouse yeah. was in the was in the crowd as well, and um, they were. I think they come in the, compi- in the competition the same year we won it in '91. Maybe the the in that year, we we're coming in as the Reds. The Dockers were coming in as well. So Jared Neesham was there as well at this luncheon. So it was a, it was a star-studded luncheon, and and everyone knew who I was, and I was blown away by that. I didn't. I didn't know that anyone would know me, and so there goes the anonymity type side of it that I thought I'd get. So then I thought I'd, I'll embrace it. I flew back home. Said to me, "We're going to love it. It's a it's a beautiful city." Um, she was seven months pregnant with logs, um, you know. So we went over, lived in a hotel for two weeks, and I went. I arrived in Perth at ninety four kilos. Wow. Um, after playing the year before at 100, 107, 108. So I'd lost about, you know, 10 kilos just from. And you, a...
1: that's, you look like a, a head on a stick at 94.
0: Oh, yeah. I was, I was a bobble stick, one of the, you know, the head bobbles. We <laughs> um, look like a microphone stand. <laughs> and, uh, and I must confess, by then, we got over, we packed, we're driving out of the airport at Perth Airport. Me and me sitting in the back, we're getting chauffeur driven to our hotel for two weeks. We're going to stay there. And there's a big billboard right outside as we're driving past on the ANSET, because the ANSET were our sponsors for the Western Reds. And it said, um, Gaia has arrived. Um, something like along the lines, bring it. (laughs) And I went, what? (laughs) So here I am thinking that no one in this hick town of Perth are going to know, a clue who I was. Dennis Lilly's coming up to me. Um, Terry Ordeman's saying, g'day, Kim Hughes wants to be my manager. Um, and then there's a big billboard of me as I'm driving out of the airport. And I said to me, "Look at this. This is." So Wait, yeah, we,
1: we. How did that make you feel? Like did oh, that just, did just that a bit... spark a fire in you, or did it? Oh you yeah, get... a
0: bit of both. A bit of both. I must. I, I, I did once I got around Peter Maholland and and, uh, and and the coaching staff at the Western Reds, and they started outlining what we were doing. Um, and I they started a house hunt for me. In that two weeks I was in the hotel, I started to get excited because basically Perth was made up of all players who other clubs didn't want. Um, that you Misfits. know, Re- I was one, I, we were, I was the king misfit, and I was I was basically the, the marquee man. And Brad Mackay and I did all the media, and we're very much yin and yang. I was the outspoken one, he's the quiet one, and you know, I was the character, and he's the serious, you know, c- other captain. And um, yeah, and I, I, I they go, they found a little house for we so, say, so two weeks in living in a hotel room, eating club sandwiches every day, and Meigs was <laughs> munching away because she's pregnant. <laughs> I was up to 112 kilos within two weeks, <laughs> just from living a good life. So they said, hey, you better get some training here. So I started And the Western
1: Red says, mate, we can't afford this room service bill. <laughs> yeah, you so and your wife, you and me, we've got in, to get out of
0: here. We've got your house here. Yeah. So they, yeah, we went to sit <laughs> It was we, cheaper um, to buy
1: you a house than keep feeding you at the hotel. Yeah,
0: 100%. <laughs> moved in this great little house, little unit at South Perth, which was 10 minutes from the Wacker. That's where we trained. Uh, all our, vasil- our facilities was at the Wacker. Um, across the road at Gloucester Park, the the trotting track was yeah. where we'd go for lunch. Um, so yeah, it was great. We started in, then all the players started driving. and that's when it got exciting. That's when I went, oh, okay, footy back, footy's back in my blood, and I was really pumped. That a fantastic off season, an amazing off season. Um, got down to 100 and my playing weight of 107, 108, and the 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 weather and the the climate and the people over there suited me to a tee. Can you nothing. compare
1: can you compare and contrast that preseason just for a bit? You I mean You've you've signed and you've played for your boyhood. Well, you were a Manly supporter, but you're going for playing for Penrith in the yep. area you grew up. Uh, you know you're you're playing you're plying your trade in your backyard with the Panthers. Uh, you win a comp with them. There's that uh, tremendous importance to the community you guys felt walking the streets there. And then you get transplanted over to the other side of the country mm. to what is a non rugby league state. Did you? What were the standards like you saw at training amongst the playing group? What was the, you know, w- did you feel like you were playing for a first-grade club?
0: Yeah, I did. I did because, you know, I, I, some of the blokes I'd signed, I, I knew, you know, Brad McKay, I knew, I knew Jeff Doyle. Um, I knew Peter Shields, my brother-in-law came as well. He was over there. Um, it wasn't long until my brother was over there. Um, and I'll talk about him later, but he was, he basically didn't make any of the Penrith Junior side. So he, he kind of said to me um is can I come over and you know try out for the junior reds and I said mate get on the plane you can live with us so he was um he was only two months behind me you know he was he was there first of second of january in 95 um and it did yeah cuz we trained our first few training sessions were really about meeting each other and and we had a really good social club everyone was together as a social club um a couple of other players lived two doors down from where we were. So we'd go to the pub and have dinner together. And, and all of a sudden we started getting, a, eight or nine of us started getting, you know, to training together. And it was a really quick way to, to galvanise a team that was just being put together. Um, and we knew we were underdogs. So we trained all that. We, that off-season, um, we went to South Africa for a, a two-week tour. We stayed at um, Pretoria and played against the national team three in three tests um, at high altitude. I thought one what was game that like? I was... that was hard. It was hard because we were peak of our fitness and I think it was the last week in November we'd, we'd done four weeks of training and then the last week of November and early December we went over there um, and it was just so, so hot and humid. We beat them pretty easily but it was a good way to get to know the players. We lived in hotels. The funniest thing about that trip was we were in Pretoria and we went, went to this nightclub. It was the only time we went to one. We went to a nightclub one night. That was our first night there. We went to this nightclub and there's people everywhere and Two bikes in front of us, like as you're about to sign in, got pulled out their, their guns and gave them to the security and put them in lockers. Oh. I said, What the what's in this place? You got guns and put them in lockers. I went, Wow. So I said to the boys, I'm not going out again. That's it. I'm I'm staying in the hotel, and we're going. I'm training. I'm not going. Oh, I didn't even go. We didn't go anywhere. We st- we lived in these hotels for two weeks, was, so we really got to know each other really quick. Yeah. Um. And then when we come back, well, we had a few weeks off for Christmas. So I came back this. Our first game was go- was going to be against South Sydney in a trial game. On the uh, 10th of February, and we're staying at Brighton La Sands um, at Botany there, hmm. and um, I got called. On the day of the game, on the morning of the game, which was a. I think it was a Saturday. Yeah, 10th. Saturday. Yep. Um, and they said, Oh, your wife's. Water's, your wife's gone into labour. And I went, Oh, shit. So I rang Pete my and I said, Mate, I've got to go. He said, Get in a cab and go. So I. And Meigs was in Penrith. So I drove back to Penrith and she had a 36 hour labour. Oh. Didn't have, have logs until like 4 a.m. on the Monday. So. And obviously, having five kids now, we realise that you know the second one, but Montana almost had half a head out before we got to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she'll be right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a, that that type of that kind of six months from leaving your minor, going to Perth with Meegs, seeing all these signs, being at a luncheon. It was it was a, it was surreal because all of a sudden here I am again. I'm I've gone from as again like from being. 91 seems like so far ago from, you know, playing a test match, playing for my country, playing for state of origin, you know, winning the comp and then going through what we went through with Ben, the, 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 the trials and tr- the, 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 the the absolute tragedies of that, going to Balmain, going to the, going to your minor and then I'm in Perth. Like what the, what and, is this?
1: And so, you, and that's it. You're in Perth now right you're in perth you settled you did actually even though you didn't play the the reds got up in that game against south sydney um but your really? first first year would prove to be your best with mm. with the oh, reds yeah. you played what 15 far? you played 15 games um tell me about because by this stage you talk about the billboard uh, the mm. guy has arrived that greets yeah. you in perth Yeah, the the guyer has arrived. Yeah, the guyer has arrived. They obviously took it down when Matt turned up. So,
0: (laughs) 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 this the guyer's have arrived.
1: (laughs) He got up there with a big sharpie and put an S on the end. You're in Perth. You're settled. Okay, but at this point, you're 27 years of age, and you are still Mark Guyer, the rugby league rebel. Yeah. What is life like out on the town for you because Perth is a party town and we have seen some some truly tragic stories about footballers in particular yeah. in Western Australia and what has mm-hmm. befallen them. I mean Ben Cousins probably the most famous of them all to survive the tragedy struck Chris Mainwaring. It's I was, it's I, a I
0: was to party with Chris Mainwaring a lot we There to, is trouble around to, the corner yeah. in Perth if you can look for it. Well there's gangsters everywhere there's gangsters in every city but when you're a new to, when you're a newbie to town you quickly get pointed out to who the who the baddies are and who the and they happen to love rugby league um so um i was about uh, three or four weeks into my I, I went out for the first time um we'd gotten back to perth so Meigs and um logues and logs have been born you know February 12th 95 come back to perth Meigs mum Leonie come with us. Um, to live with us, so that was a great help. Um, so Mees was never lonely. So I, I, I said I'm just going to go out with the boys and have a beer, babe. She goes, Yeah, no worries. I'll see you later. And say yep. Um, was it would have been there for three beers, and all of a sudden I'm standing there without. You know, we stood out like dogs' balls because we're big blokes. We're not hmm. like AFL players who are like basketballers. They're they're tall and they're they're thin and they're fit. Um, we we turn up the town, you know, all looking like bodybuilders. And we stand out. So we're at this nightclub, we're at this pub. It was just a pub, not a nightclub, but a pub. And I stand there and there's a band going on. And next minute I felt something hit me in the back of the head. And I went, what's that? I can... And then, it happened, then it happened again. And then I realized that somebody was throwing ice at me head. Oh. So I looked around, there's this group of bikies standing there like they were angry looking mothers. <laughs> I went, oh my God, here we go. I just knew that was, I knew I knew something was going to happen. I knew there was going to be something happening in the next five minutes. And I, I went up to them. I said, what are you doing, mate? He goes, what are you doing? I said, what are you throwing ice in my head for? They said, F off. Well, who are you? I said, no, no, I'm one. I just, don't, don't throw ice in my head. I'll fucking throw ice back at you. He goes, well, I'd like to see you try it. So I got a fucking big hunk of ice out of this machine and just fucking threw it right at his head. And he swung a punch at me. So I swung a couple of punches at him, fucking knocked him out and... Next minute, I'm sitting in a police station, (laughs) which was, yeah, exactly. I mean, here we go. (laughs) So they went, luckily, the CCTV footage of this, um, and he, you know, showed that he he threw first, he threw the ice in my head. They showed that you could see that. um, So that was, that made headlines. So that was a good way to get the Western Reds on the map, I suppose because straight away people were talking about it. Um, it was the first time a rugby league player, I think, was on the front page of the Western Australian. This
1: is – this, and, and for the knockers out there uh, for, of MG back in the day, right, and there were plenty. I mean, there's a chapter in oh, the original yeah. book about the, the media types that were going after you on a regular basis. Yeah. This, was, this is just catnip for them. This is, oh, this is everything yeah. they expected to happen when Mark well, you know Geyer what? signed up with a new franchise.
0: I, I talk about journeys in the in the book and and now I look back as a a, a wiser older man mm. and most 99.5% of what I did was my own my own fault they they had a job to do to write about it I, I, you know I I don't blame them one bit for what they wrote about me I gave them the ammunition to do it on a on a weekly basis it would seem and then I and then here I'm in Perth not, not not even a month and I'm 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 in a police station with a bikey um
1: what did the club say to you?
0: They just said, "What happened?" I told them. They said, "Mate, come on, this is you know, you're 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 a senior player here now." You're, uh, and I said, oh, no, "I know, I know, I um, know." But it wasn't the first time. It won't be. It wouldn't be the last time that I, I ended up. I ended up on two other assault assault charges in Perth. I got off both. I didn't, you know, didn't never st- never started them over. Started there, it. I, you finished it. Yeah, and that's what I got on a couple of them. But I. Um, it was it did, it was, hard. was that.
1: Was that the existence for you the whole time in Perth? But again, like the novelty no. probably never wore off for people of you being there and being who you were. And and we see current day NRL players, you see how difficult life can be when they just want to go out and have a beer with their mates. Yeah, and yeah. you you talk about it extensively. Every camera is a, is a video. Uh, every phone, is sorry, is a camera, camera now. He's a loaded, gun. It's a loaded yeah. gun. Now that wasn't what it was in your day, but every every bloke with a couple of beers under his belt probably thought, "Here's a chance for me, bikey or otherwise." Probably thought, "Here's a chance yeah. for me to make a name for myself."
0: Well, then we then we played our first game against St George, um, and it was a big launch of the new round. There was twenty teams in the competition. We'd come in, Cowboys had come in, um, the South Queensland Crushers, the Auckland Warriors. So all these teams, we played them on consecutive days, and we were last. We were last. So one of the teams had won. I think Warriors won. The other two teams had lost. So we're about to play a, a favourite for the competition, which was the Dragons. Mm. Um, in nineteen ninety five, first game. I think it was we played one. So it would have been four o'clock in Sydney. It was one o'clock in Perth. Twenty five thousand in attendance at the Wacker. And the temperature hit forty one degrees. <sighs> and poor, we we're used to it because that dry heat of Perth is really, really something to behold. Once. You, if you're not used to it, since George came over and we they were cannon fodder for us, really. So that 24,000 people went away from that grand thinking we were the bee's knees. We were. like we, Everything that happened in the first month or so as far as promoting the game amplified by 20 once we'd beaten the Dragons. that we were on everywhere. We'd be everywhere. Um, but then it was only two weeks later. We played, I think, was the Sharks at, at, at the Wacker. So I didn't realise that the Western Reds as part of their deal, they they had to start they had to pay opposing teams to come over for their flights and their accommodation. So within three weeks they were broke, basically. And they said, "There's this new competition coming in, John Rebo and News Limited. That's called Super League. We're aligning ourselves with them." And they said, "For those of you who want to align yourself with the this new conglomerate, um, you've got to be at the Sheraton at midnight tonight." And Turned up and there was about, I reckon, three quarters of the team. Brad McKay, he, he went back to ARL. but We played out the whole season of, of 95. This was for 96 onwards. Mm. Um, and I remember sitting in the foyer at the Sheraton and all the big wigs of, I think, Ken Cowley and David Gallup and um, they were interviewing players one by one. So I was on $180,000 a year to go to the Western Reds as their marquee player. Oh, That was big money. That's was, 95. That was 95. So I was on probably, in my last year at Penrith in 92, I would have been on one, 115 maybe. I went to um, Bowmane for 110 Um Went to your minor for $1,000 a game. So I, in this time I'd run, I, I, I had bills coming up. In, once in, at your minor, I was so behind in a lot of payments that I was running out for a game against the entrance and a bloke served me a summons as I was running out in the ground. <laughs> He served me a summons. He put. He said, mate, oh, we're not. I said, I didn't touch it. <laughs> so I've got to play a game being served a summons. Far out, man. <laughs> that I mean, is the, that like is going to be. Like running, through a, running through a, you know how the reserve grade give you a guard of honour? Yeah. So I'm going through the guard of honour and one of them, one of the blokes put his hand through the, the guard of honour and served me a summons. <laughs> no, he did I went, not. I, I swear. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. And I. I, I pff. So yeah, that was. It was. It was. Um. So I. I. I had no money. I was. I was broke. Mm. So I went to the Western Reds in a hope of. You know. Then we all. All of a sudden, were broke. But then Super League came, and the first guy I remember it vividly because the first one up to talk to News Limited was a, a young bloke called Eamon Edgar. And Eamon was a young bloke who was on the bench for reserve grade. He was a, he was a up and coming young bloke. He was a winger, outside back. I reckon he would have been on fifty thousand dollars a year. Well, he came out, and the smile on his face was like Luna Park. I said, "What's he? What's he? What's going on, mate?" He said, "Mate," he said, "I just got one hundred fifty thousand dollars per year." I went, "Oh," and I'm, I'm last. I'm in last. So I'm I'm the big fish. Because I've already had calls from the ARL saying this is what we want to give you. We want to give you this, give you that, and all these inducements. If you if you sign for us, we will give you extra hundred thousand dollars. So I went I went in on my own to this meeting. I'm sitting there and I said, okay, I want four hundred fifty thousand dollars first year. I want five hundred fifty thousand dollars a second year. Third year I want six fifty. You did this by yourself. By myself. By myself. Only because I, I, I had the intel. I seen them all come. I saw, mm. okay, he got that. Well, oh, oh, I'm getting mm. that. Sorry, just quickly, I before I you... I've looked up Eamon
1: Edgar's career. I've yep. looked up Eamon Edgar's career. He, total, played five games of first grade in 97
0: in the Super League. Yeah. He was on the bench for reserve grade in 95. Right. Okay, so you've gone
1: in, you've, you've put your demands on the table.
0: Yep. And uh, they said, yep, no worries. I went, what? And then I got a text message, or not a text, a fax. I got a fax from Brandy. Brandy had gone to the, um, the Auckland Warriors, and he said, "MG, make sure." I said, "Look, look we're, we're corresponding, yeah, because um, we knew we go going this." I said, "Like, what are you gonna ask for?" There's all these, you know, g- coming back and inducements. Hmm. He said, "Mate, we're getting like most blokes who sign with Super League here, we've got an extra 250000 dollars." I said, "What?" So I went back to him I said, Nah, ARL of Gazump that they want to give me an extra two hundred thousand dollars up front of site. I will give you two fifty. So the money was unbelievable. The money was just the money would make today's money look look shit. What the, the money were the money were on in Super League and the and the the, the 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 ARL blokes in that in that time frame, well I set myself up for life because I was in that much debt, I had no money to buy I bought a house at Kareen in Perth. Um, for three hundred fifty thousand dollars, four streets back from the beach, Jeez. and it was massive. It was a massive house. That was the party house. Everyone would come to my house, pool, pool tables. So um,
1: let's t- just. I just want to. I just want to nail down those figures as again. This is you are you are six months, twelve months prior. You're playing for a thousand dollars a game, getting served by blokes for bills you hadn't paid in yep. your minor. Yep. Twelve months later, you are sitting in a room with the bosses of Super League, mm-hmm. negotiating for a three-year deal, yep. at four fifty, then five fifty, then six fifty, yep, and an upfront payment of two hundred fifty thousand,
0: yep, yep.
1: That's uh, that's Mark Burris is is that's Mark <laughs> Burris type negotiating.
0: Well, I had the intel. I I knew what was ahead of me. I knew I knew what was. I knew being last came Did Meeks
1: believe you when you no, went home and told her you, no.
0: you what you'd just done? I said we won't. I told her, went home and told Babe we went Lotto. I said you won't believe this. And I told her she goes what? So yeah, we bought this mansion up on the beach, and um, and that was kind of why. Super like, that's why we just spoke a minute ago about ninety five being my best year because I was I was in footy mode. Once this money came in, oh I bought two jet skis, his and hers. <laughs> I used them twice <laughs> I used them twice. I had the best of everything I, I lived four streets from the beach and went there twice in my time at Perth, like from my house we would go there and swim with the team and that but had mm. a big pool in my backyard and the kids were, Matt, L- Matt Logan was born um, i mean he was yeah he, was, he turned one over there, and Montana was born in perth and um but that first year that first year was, was, was like a cyclone went through it. Like it was just we'd gone from winning against the dragons, and I think we ended up that year 11 and 11, if memory serves. We won 11, lost 11, and we just missed out on making the top eight, I think. Um, our last game of the year was against the dragons and we had to beat them to make semi-final footy, I believe. Geez, you got but, good. You've got a good memory. You
1: you you are nailing it. You finished the um the season against St George playing away
0: at Cobra. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, against Gordy Talus, and so the irony of that was the team that we played in the first round of that year and beaten. We had to beat them to make finals footy, or have been a chance to make finals footy. And they, I think they wiped our bum with it. They they thirty six eighteen. Yeah, so they they won convincingly. So that was it. And then basically was the following year. Get ready for Super League because here it comes.
1: Well, not to do an Eddie Maguire, MG, but let's get to that after the break. Coming up on the next episode of Rugby League Rebel Part 2, The Rebellion Continues, we explore MG's time in the Super League and his return to his beloved Penrith Panthers. Until then, MG. Adios. Rugby League Rebel Part 2, The Mark Guys Story, drops every Wednesday, 6 a.m. on the Listener app, live and exclusive.